Welcome to Conservation Starters, a Thurston Conservation District podcast dedicated to teaching and guiding our community to be good stewards of our shared natural resources for the benefit of present and future generations. Thurston Conservation District serves community members in Thurston County, Washington, who reside on the indigenous lands of the Nisqually, Squaxin, and Chehalis peoples. I'm Kiana Sinner, Education Outreach Specialist at the Thurston Conservation District and host of this podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to Conservation Starters. Today we have a really exciting guest. We have Margaret Creeter, who's a local forester, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hi, Margaret. It's nice to have you here. Hi, Kiana. It's nice to be here. Um, Yeah, so as you said, I'm a local forester. I'm a stewardship forester working with the conservation districts, and right now I cover a four-county area of Thurston, Mason, Kitsap, and Pierce, and provide forest services for the residents there. That's great. Yeah, I know you're you're a great resource for TCD. So can you share a little bit about your background? How did you, you know, get into forestry and, and how did you follow this career path? Yeah, so I actually grew up on a farm in Oregon and my family still farms today. Um, so I think that's something that really set me on a path to want to be involved in natural resources in general from a young age. I went to Washington State in Pullman, and uh, I started out in wildlife ecology, but really gained a love for forestry and more landscape-level ecology from there. Before I came to the Conservation District, I worked as a private consultant with a small forest company in the Willamette Valley, and I really learned a lot from that position about working with landowners and the diversity of skills that are needed from a forester beyond just technical knowledge. There's a lot of translation involved. Someone may start out with uh, one goal in mind, and by the end of our conversation, have really expressed something totally different. Yeah, that's great. I think it's really important that you have, you know, you have that background with working with landowners because that's really what conservation districts do. We specialize in working with local community members and with local landowners. So, can you share a little bit about what? a forester does and maybe specifically what your role is um, here working with the local conservation districts? Sure. Yeah. So a forester is really someone who is looking at stewarding a forest ecosystem and working with the natural resources around it. So we're really looking at all different levels of the forest property and thinking about all the components that go into making up a forest from you know, mace, the, the, the trees are the big one, but then also thinking about your soils and water and other resources like that. You're really looking at almost every part of a, a property or, or a piece of land when you're doing, you know, when you're working with a landowner and, and talking about the forest that they have. Exactly. That's really cool. So when you go and do a site visit on somebody's property who has forest land, what does that usually look like? So typically before we even get there, I'm going to do some background research and mostly that involves, I'll send the the landowner questionnaire um, to to ask a lot of those questions about what they have, what they know about the property, you know, what they see and how they see the land and, and their goals for that. And then from there, I'll work up some maps, um, so we can have something to look at together and, and then actually getting to the site. We walk through the property and kind of discuss, you know, 
how they see it and how I see it and how we can kind of blend those two visions together to create a plan moving forward that they are happy with. Yeah, that makes sense. One question I have that's kind of coming up is how many acres is typically are you looking at when somebody is, you know, interested in having a forester out? Is it usually large acreage or are there smaller landowners that have you come look at their forest land? It definitely doesn't have to be a large acreage. And, you know, for for us providing the service and as part of the grant that we're funded through, you know, it really is about providing services to smaller landowners. And, you know, a range of size, I get calls, you know, from, you know, one acre of forest area all the way up to 100 acres. And, you know, sometimes even more than that, but, it, you know, it depends on the level of service we can provide, you know, varies depending on, you know, how much forest you have. That makes sense. I think that's really cool that you, you know, work with um, even the smaller landowners that have, you know, maybe just a, a few big trees that they're interested in learning more about and, and looking at the health of. So I'm also interested when you do walk forest land with a landowner, what kind of things are you looking for? So when we're walking through the property, you know, we're kind of looking at two branches. We're looking at qualitative data, which is basically, you know, how things are presenting on the ground. And then quantitative data, which is measurements and more precise things that that we can then take. And we take we take both of those and put them together to create the forest plan. So, um, you know, qualitative would be something like what condition is a stand in? What's been done here before? Uh, what kind of vegetation is here already? Um, how has it been, been altered over time? And, and what might it continue to do into the future? Um, and then the quantitative data would look like taking, you know, the tree size, the forest the density, the number of snags, the tree height. And so that those two kinds of information really inform the the forest plan and um, creating what we call stands, which are just cohesive units of forest that we kind of use in the management world to kind of recommend certain practices for certain areas. I feel like that would be really valuable information for a landowner. While you were just talking there, I heard you mention a couple of times forest plan. Can you explain a little bit what a forest plan is? Is that a takeaway that the landowners get after you've done a site visit or, or how does that work? Yeah, so a forest plan can kind of be on a variety of scales. Uh, generally, it refers to a specific plan like the Washington Integrated Plan, which is really the standard for forest plans across the state. Um, but it could be anything as far as like the landowners getting together and saying, you know, we'd like to see this happen over the next few years. Um, it's really an outline of what you want to have happen in the forest moving forward. So it starts at what you have now and then goes into planning your future activities that will continue improving the forest and reach those goals you want to get to. And it's really a living document. It's meant to be adjusted and used as a tracker to, to keep things moving forward. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I also am curious, 
what kind of things are landowners reaching out to you to ask questions about? Yeah, so one of the most frequent things is questions like, is my forest healthy? And, you know, if you get, if you talk to any forester, that question is kind of a, a trick question because, you know, you can really, it depends on what perspective you're looking at your forest from. But in general, uh, people want to know, you know, is there a disease here causing my trees to die? Uh, what can I do to improve my forest? Uh, I also get a lot of questions about wildlife habitat. They want to see certain wildlife on the property. So what do I do to attract those? those animals here and in general just creating a, a better place to live and, and work around. I'm also curious what kind of programs or like assistance can you offer landowners that reach out to you and, and you do a site visit for or maybe you know you create a plan for what other kind of programs exist to like offer you know assistance? Yeah so some of the programs we often recommend uh, the first one that I think everyone should look into is your County current use designation. These are certain designations that every county has. Uh, one of the most commonly referenced one is the designated forest land. These programs exist uh, that and offer a reduced tax rate for properties um, based on what you're doing with them. So, for example, the designated forest land, if you intend to grow and sell timber, that's a really great one for you to begin and can have some long-term savings for you. Some of the other options for programs for landowners to get into are through the Natural Resource Conservation Service or the Department of Natural Resources. So the Natural Resource Conservation Service, or we all call it the NRCS, they have a variety of programs that work on enhancing forests and assist with costs of doing that work. Um, so it's what we call cost share where they will reimburse you for costs you incur for doing a certain project with them. These could be things like planting more trees on your property, planting specific species for wildlife habitat, also leaving snags or down wood in the property, lots of different things for forest health, such as pruning or thinning very young trees. And then DNR has um, more programs related to wildfire resilience, as well as the Family Forest Fish Passage Program, which focuses on, you know, preventing old culverts and road crossings from degrading and creating fish passage barriers in streams. But DNR is also going to be expanding their programming over the next few years and they're going to have a lot more opportunities available. So people should keep their ears open. Okay. That's very good to know. So how do you help connect landowners with the right program? I know often um, conservation districts act as almost like a switchboard where we help landowners connect with the, the program that's going to meet their needs um, best. Is that something that you can help with? Absolutely. We definitely help with connecting you to the right programs. A lot of that happens during the site visit or in the process of writing the forest plan. If we think you have a property that qualifies for these plans, we're going to let you know uh, what that is and which programs we think you'd, you'd like to, to get into and then provide you with some further information on those. 
generally most of those programs require a forest plan. So we're already one step into it once we've got that done for you. Okay, that's good to know. That's really cool that you're able to offer that assistance to community members. A lot of forest landowners may, you know, look out at their at their back 40 of timber and see a really healthy ecosystem of beautiful big trees and maybe they don't know that potentially there are some problems with their um, forest stand. So I'm wondering, you know, what are common problems that you come across when doing a, a site walk with a landowner that maybe they didn't even notice? Yeah, so some of the frequent problems I see often stem from forest density. So you'll see either too many trees on the landscape or too few trees. And too many trees often looks like very small diameter, teeny tiny trees that aren't growing very well. And you will often have little to no understory there. And that's a sign that, you know, they're really competing for their resources and they're having a lot of um, struggles there. And one of the easy things we can do is to go in there and thin and kind of release those trees from that competition. And the other part of that, the too few trees will often manifest through a lot more invasive species on the property and large gaps between the trees where their lower branches are really large and, you know, maybe getting in the way, but things like that. And, and oftentimes you'll, you will notice something is going on, especially if it's more related to the, the tree health. You know, if there's root rots, which are a frequent disease in our landscapes, you'll see, you know, a collection or a pocket of, of trees either slowly dying or maybe a couple of them already dead and kind of radiates from that central point. I think one thing people often will be really concerned about is insect pressure. And for the most part, insects are only one component in the cycle of a tree's life and death. So it's really going to be more common that they're having some kind of external abiotic stressor that is causing them to be weakened and then allowing things like root rot and insects to come in. Um, so it's pretty rare, especially around here, that you'll see an insect actually being the sole, per sole cause of a tree's death. And that usually stems from invasive insects, which is a, a whole other thing to get into. Wow. Well, that's really interesting. I'm also curious. I think a lot of, um, you know, landowners have concerns about like drought. Is that something that you can offer us, um, you know, advice on or guidance on when you're working with a landowner? Yeah. So drought would be one of those abiotic stressors that can really be a death knell for a lot of trees. Um, the, the thing is about trees though, is it can take a while for those effects to show. So a drought that happened a couple of years ago might now just be showing up in, in your tree and, and showing symptoms of that. So oftentimes there's a disconnect between what caused that tree to, to become unhealthy and um, the actual event that happened. Generally, when we're thinking about drought stress, we're going to look at not how to change our environment because that's something that's long-term. That's not something we can really 
achievably manage. We're not going to tell you, you have to now go water your five acres of trees, but instead we're going to look at, you know, maybe there's a species that you could start planting that's better adapted to that. Or um, there are some things like thinning, especially if you have too many trees on that landscape for the amount of water that's now there, um, thinning can be an option for um, reducing that competition that would cause the tree to die off. That makes sense. Thanks for answering that question. That's helpful to know. I think that's something that's on a lot of people's mind as we are starting to head into the warmer months of the year. So are there any upcoming projects or parts of your position here at the districts that you are excited for or that you're looking forward to? Yeah, definitely. We've currently been having a webinar series going on um, over the last few months. And there's still time to catch the last one um, on April 21st. Um, but those are also recorded. So if you're interested in listening to those, they're being hosted on the Pierce Conservation District uh, website under their forestry page. But we can also share those links elsewhere so that people can see those. Yeah, we'll share the links in the show notes. And um, any you know Thurston County residents are welcome to visit the Thurston Conservation District's events page where we have all the recordings linked as well. So you can check them out there. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And, and that's really a great resource for, you know, community members who are interested in learning more about forestry. Um, would you be able to tell me the to- the titles or the topics that you've discussed in the past um, webinar that you did and then the upcoming ones, what you're planning to discuss? Yeah, so our first webinar was about general forest health and risk trees. So that really does get into some of the things we've talked about here, Um, things like drought stress and root rot and kind of when it, you know, when you want to look at removing a tree versus leaving a tree and kind of what the benefits are for those dead trees that are standing, like snags are a a big part of the forest ecosystem and are really a healthy part of them um, when when they're not a risk to your view or your house or things like that. So that first webinar is presented by Mark Mead, who's the other forester who covers Thurston area. Um, He and I work together to provide those forestry services to the Thurston area. Our second webinar we've done is called Managing Wildfire Risk for Our Western Washington Homes. And that really goes over the types of risks that you might have around the house and how to look at those from a wildfire safety perspective. Especially living in a wooded area, you want to be aware of that. But, you know, information is our friend here. And Matt Axe is our presenter there and really does a good job of kind of covering those basics. Our third webinar is one that I presented, and it's called Multi-Benefit Forestry, and that really goes over a lot of your management methods and you know which one you might be wanting to choose for your property, depending on what you want to do. So I really go over a lot of the pros and cons or, you know, concerns with one type of management versus the other and some resources there for if you're looking into some active management options and where you can go to get more help. And then our final webinar is going to be on riparian habitat and invasive species. So hopefully you can just tune in then and find out what that's about. 
Awesome. I, I, I definitely am going to be tuning in. I think that those are all really awesome resources. Those webinars um, for our, you know, for interested people to check out. Can you recommend any other resources or websites that maybe those that are interested can go learn more about forestry or about forest health? Yeah, I definitely recommend the WCU Forestry Extension has a great um, directory of information, um, some great articles that you can reference for things you want to do on your property. Uh, and obviously, another great resource is the CD websites. Um, we have a lot of great resources for this program about that current use, current use programming, um, different options for managing your forest land. And DNR also has their small forest landowner office, and they have some great resources there for looking into managing your property and helping you navigate some of the regulatory complexities that can come up there. That's great to know that all of those um, different resources exist. So if a local landowner wants to get a hold of you or wants to get started with having a site visit on their property, how would you recommend going about that? Yeah, so we are housed through the Mason Conservation District. So you can, of course, go to masoncd.org and go to the forestry page and our contact information is there. But also you can just email me directly at m-k-r-e-d-e-r at masoncd.org or can email mark at m-m-e-a-d at masoncd.org. Great. And I will definitely include your contact information in the show notes. And I also want to share that interested community members are welcome to reach out to their local CD. So if you're in Thurston County, you can reach out to the Thurston Conservation District. We have a contact form on our website, or you can reach out to any member of our staff. And we will connect you with uh, Margaret, too, to to learn more about the forestry program and, and what kind of things she can offer through that. So I also know that there is an upcoming Forest Stewardship Day, and I'm interested if you could share a little bit about that and who's invited and and who should come. Yeah, so we will be hosting a Forest Stewardship Field Day in May, and we we will be sending out some information about that soon. Um, We're still working on some of the logistics there, but anybody who's registered for the webinar should getting a follow-up email about that field day. So if you're interested, make sure to register for that and you'll find that information. Um, And we'll also be sharing that through all the CD pages as well. That will be a field tour at a tree farm in Pierce County area. And it's a really great site. And I'm really excited for people to come out and take a look. And we're going to be talking about um, some of it the things we've already discussed in our webinars, as well as getting into some new topics based on that specific site that are really fascinating. So I'm excited for that. Yeah, that sounds super exciting. And I also want to note that we will share the information for that upcoming Forest Stewardship Field Day in our monthly newsletter and on our social media. So um, if you follow either of those channels, you'll be able to get up to date with um, the details as those are released. So before I let you go, I have one question that I like to ask all of the guests that come on Conservation Starters. So what is one tool that you always carry in your toolbox, no matter what project you're working on? You know, I'd have to say it's a camera. I really 
you know, I'm a visual person and a lot of forestry is definitely a visual thing. So being able to take a picture of that site and kind of go back to it and think about what's there is really important to me when I'm looking at writing plans. Um, so I, I think that's one of my most important tools. <laughs> Ooh, I really like that answer. I think that totally makes a lot of sense and is such an important thing to be able to go back and, and you know, look at what, what you looked at earlier in the day. <laughs> um, well, cool. I like that answer. So you are off the hook. I want to just extend my gratitude for you being here today and taking the time to, to chat with us. And I am excited for our listeners to hear this episode. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again, Margaret. And feel free to tune in next month to another episode of Conservation Starters. See ya. Thanks for listening to Conservation Starters, a podcast sponsored by the Thurston Conservation District. Thurston Conservation District is a non-regulatory agency promoting voluntary stewardship of unique landscapes of Thurston County. You can learn more by visiting our website at thurstoncd.com or following us on social media at ThurstonCD. Tune in next month for another episode of Conservation Starters. Talk to you soon.